about to enter a world of pain, suffering, and laughter. Jeff. Hey, Mike. You know that there's a place where you can go downtown where everybody knows your name. Any ideas? Is it Worst Gig Ever? On Broadway. I just Worst Gig Ever on Broadway. A very special episode. I am Mike Pace. I'm Jeff Gock, and we're recording from Broadway. We are. We figured out how we got here, and that's practice. (laughs) I just screwed up that joke horrifically. Horrifically, no. There's no. There's no setup for that. I mumbled. I mangled it. This week we have Timmy Mislock, who describes himself as a hired gun, a mercenary of uh, you, sorts. You may know him. He played with the band Antlers for for many years. He's also done his own stuff. He's also played with a myriad of other groups, and he's currently getting ready to play in the band. In Hedwig and the Angry Inch, which is going to be on Broadway, this guy has made it. He's he's made it big time. It's a great story. He's got great stories. Crazy tours, terrible tours, terrible shows. But hopefully a great gig in the future with Hedwig. This was, uh, we talk about tour. War, which is a new concept Tour for war. me. This, there's a lot of really good stuff. In and this. all from a different viewpoint than yes. we've had before. We've got, again, he's a, he's a hired gun most of the time. He's a mercenary, and we are, you know, he's, he's, he's coming at it from a different angle. If you were ever interested in what touring musicians or people that are brought on to tour with other bands are like, you're going to love the way you look when you listen to this episode. <laughs> and you know, you're also going to love the way you look. You were about to say something. I was about something to say there. yes, Mike. When you listen to some of our previous episodes available at worstgigeverpodcast.tumblr.com, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Facebook, write us, worstgigever at gmail.com, tweet at us at Mikey Pace at Garlock at worstgigever. And we're also happy to announce that if you go to tweakedaudio.com to purchase a pair of headphones and you put in the promo code WORST, you'll get one third off of the price of these fantastic earbuds and headphones. That is tweakedaudio.com. There's a lifetime warranty on that. Just put in that promo code WORST, and you'll love the way you look when you're listening with your new Tweaked Audio headphones. We're there for you, baby. So you be there for us. Yeah. But right now, be here for this episode right now. Timmy Mislock on Worst Gig Ever. You got that right, baby. <laughs> Antlers were doing this, uh, our first U.S. tour for Burst Apart. Mm-hmm. We were playing Emos in Austin, and it was like August, so it was a hundred and a billion degrees on stage. Yeah. And put was it the, outside or was it inside? Out, the one outside, okay. yeah. yeah. And so we uh, we we put uh, I put like it was one of those shows where I put my guitar on, and before I could do anything else, I just watched a bead of sweat drip from the tip <laughs> of my nose. And like we hadn't started playing yet, and I was like, "This is gonna be awful." Right. Um, and then we proceeded. 
like halfway through the set to get sax bombed. Ooh. Kind of like reminiscent of Soy Bomb. Think right. Soy Bomb. But it was a like teenage kid who had smuggled a saxophone into the show, Ooh. hopped on stage, and took a saxophone solo. Wow. In the middle of the show. Wow. And for the listener, saxophone does not need to be amplified because it is so loud. Piercing. He he chose <laughs> he chose that like being on stage was not enough. So um he kind of was moving closer to my vocal microphone and decided right. to it basically ended up with him taking a sax solo in my ear. <laughs> and no one else in the band could hear him except for me and then I had the crushing realization that he was not playing like I would be like this is pretty cool if you were like if he na- if he totally nailed it I right. opening with a song like in some way he wouldn't like ch- totally change the song it was in a, a different sax way. solo from Baker Street exactly yeah, yeah. Um, played in the key of your of yes song. it was not in the key of of Life. E or whatever the song was in it was <laughs> free jazz Ugh. and squonky um, and yeah. scranky yeah exactly. <laughs> Something was, Thurston Moore could really wrap his ears around. <laughs> the thing about this is it was preceded by the show before that was in was at the Glass House in Pomona, California. Mm-hmm. Yep. And at that show, someone had also jumped up on stage, but they gave us hugs and they were like really hug bomb. It was a hug bomb. <laughs> but like sat like I don't know if anyone's listened to the Antlers. Um the you know popular from a record called Hospice, which is like a uh, it's an allegory it's in the name. It's, yeah. So figure yes, it out. Figure yeah. it out. <laughs> it's about a relationship, and it includes the word hospice. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a Valentine's Day treat. But right. is it, it um, with the hugs? Was it while while you were playing a song or between songs? Was it, it polite? Was, it was. In the middle of a song as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. I uh, it was a song that I don't I don't play the verses. I kind of do like some uh, grand guitar movements uh-huh. uh, during the chorus. So I was kind of just standing there, like grooving a little bit, and she just came up and from behind me and bear hugged me. <laughs> and it was like I was like, this is kind of sweet. Uh, this has never happened to us before. Yeah. But she stayed on stage for like three minutes. Ugh. And it was just one of those things where I was like, does. Does no, does no one work here? Right. Like, is there no one? Did the security just be like, we're good. <laughs> See you later. What was she doing post-hug up there? Hanging out? Standing we found out later. Checking your waters? <laughs> we found out later that she had uh, been released that day from a mental hospital. Oh. Of course. Right. And so the two, those <laughs> For two loving sh- too much. <laughs> exactly. She just loved all the time. <laughs> the world was not ready for that much loving. <laughs> Um, but even still, it's it's a it was nice like, gesture was, as opposed to nice. not coming up with a brass instrument. But it was like the two things back to back. Right. The two shows that we had played, you know, we drove from California to, to Dallas and um, Austin. I just I had just started to assume that this was going to be our lot in life. Like right. This was a thing that kids were talking right. about. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we're going to hop on stage for a show. <laughs> yeah, like, dumb bullshit. That's what we do. Yeah. yeah. This is this is what we're going to do now. And the kid after the sax bomb was just so psyched, and the audience loved it because they, I think they thought it was something right, like some we weird idea you guys had come up. Meanwhile, with. the whole time I was like, "I'm gonna fucking kill you!" Like <laughs> I just like stu- like stared him down the rest of the show because he was still in the front row. Right, I was like, "I'm coming for you." But he came. He got off stage. It's, it's he ho- he promptly like okay. 
took his sax solo and then like bowed out and just went to back to the audience and just stood there and like got a few high fives and was was just kind of generally pleased with himself. Yeah. As as he should have been. Right. A killer sax solo. Killer Wait, sax solo. How did, so he came to the show with his sax. Yeah. Got in with the sax. Were you guys playing with a ska band that he pretended that he was in? Oh, you are touring with Hepcat. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it was, you know, uh, we got Slow Gherkin to reunite from, from Santa Cruz. and um, Pulling that one out. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. What... <laughs> It's so weird. Yeah, did security do anything at all, or was there anyone? Security did nothing at either show. And after the fact, we talked to security about these things, and they didn't notice that anyone was on stage. (laughs) And we were like, "Solid, solid." Security had heightened awareness at emos. Yeah, that brings up that's a that's a particular type of worst kick that I don't think we've encountered on the show yet. With just the. Bum rushing the stage in Ugh. a weird way. Yeah. I know personally, Oxford Collapse played a show in, um, Ames, Iowa, whatever the place by, by the school that was like the place to play. And there was, we were told beforehand, there was like a kid. He's like, it's like I brought a flute to, we had a song that had a little flute part in it. That, that was a real rocker though. Uh-huh. It was a rocker. Um, send me on my way. And, right? and, and, and this, and this, we're just doing rusted root covers at that yeah, point. But the kid, he even said, he asked if he could play on stage, but that, for whatever reason, that night we were playing the song with the flute first. Oh, yeah. So what it was like, we could, and then so we were, we play it. Oh, wait. So he came prepared for, yeah, he's the like, flute in he came song. prepared for the, the song with the flute. He brought a flute. He asked if he could join us and play flute on stage. We said, sure, Real we're playing OC it first tonight. There. And on top of that, he was this enormous guy who had long, he had, he had like a port wine stain on his mm. face uh-huh. and a beard and long hair. And he was like six foot five or something. And an enormous heart. Not a man and to say no to. Not a man yeah. to say yeah. no to. But we played I brought first. My he brought, no, he brought a recorder actually. <laughs> oh, it's getting it up. worse. He yeah. played it completely wrong. Yeah, um, I got That's mad shocking. at him. Uh, no, no. Uh, but then it was just you awkward fired because him like that night from not being exactly. In your band. But it was like the first thing, right? Which was also it kind makes, of awkward. It just makes me wonder, like, if it, what the idea was behind it. Right. I, I guess it's like if they were delusional to the fact that like I'm going to do this, they're going to love it. And then I'm going to be in the band. Right. Like, if that's how far it got, or, like, why... Maybe he watched the movie Rockstar. I guess uh, so. Like, like, too many times he was like, I'll do the Judas Priest yeah. story. Yeah, that's my thing. I, that's it, my thing now. It, the sentiment is, a for, for all you fans out there, the sentiment is appreciated. But, but it, it does make it... A, and I can imagine when... When you were playing in in Orchid, Orchid was hardcore band. It would be crazy because we also played floor. We yeah. like never played stage, and right. and Orchid was like, and it was appreciated as well because I think that was part of the energy. But like the at a certain point, as the bass player and not the singer, right? Like I, you know, there's a reason I played with my back to the audience was to protect my bass equipment, yeah. right? And to not be like have a like a, a bulldog stance, so I wouldn't be yeah. pushed out of the way. Just so some kids could yell about some birds flying out of someone's <laughs> mouth. Uh, and it was just like it was frustrating so much at a certain point where I was like, can we get on the stage? Let's get up there. Right. I don't want these people but touching just me. All, and just the practical idea that when someone jumps up there and they're dancing around or whatever, the pedal gets stepped right. on. Something gets unplugged. Well, like I ended up like 
responding to this in a way that like I then at the end of the set started jumping off stage and like a, <laughs> and like a relatively like the Antlers are not a very punk rock band by right, any means right and they like I I grew up in DC and mm-hmm. I was like I but I was a little too young for the awesomeness that was the right. DC music scene mm-hmm. uh, I kind of grew up like at the tail end of like uh, Q not you and dismemberment plan right, like sure. the 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 rejuvenation of the D- right. DC scene yes. if you will. Right. Uh, I missed the the super awesome underground right punk shows. So you missed the like, Revolution you, Summer. Yes, right? you missed okay. Revolution Summer. You weren't a baby at Nation of Ulysses. But I did. Yeah. I did date a girl for the sole fact in high school that she lived next door to Ian. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Ian Mackay yeah. or Ian? Ian, Ian Mackay. Okay. okay. Yeah. Just gotta make okay. yeah, yeah. clear. She lived next door to the Discord House. Yes. In other words. Yes. <laughs> Which was across the street and. I maybe dated her three months longer than I should have because, like, because I was like, maybe if I go over today, he'll he'll be like watering his plants hey man, on his porch. Relationships are way, tricky. Yeah, things, exactly. you know, I, you, just, you never know how these things will work. I just watched something featuring Ian McKay being interviewed because he is interviewed for almost. He is up there with Thurston Moore in terms of like, you need yes. me to say something about something. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, now he's an older guy, yeah, and, and he just looks, wanted to take that little hat off. Well, he, oh my god, the little <laughs> hat. He looks like, and he looks kind of concerned he looks like an old guy yeah the hairlines receding yeah. like you could see him as like a politician or a straight like that being said re-look at the photos from the minor threat discography what? his hairline looks about oh sure that's about the same <laughs> but yeah. and he but might the, be wearing the same shoes. the idea is the little hat <laughs> yes that i mean all right Look, this episode is going out to Ian. Yeah, you can't. Guy, guy gets a free pass. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> he gets a free little. And at hat some pass. point, the mostly little... just because I'm scared that he's going to find me in Brooklyn and be like, "Right, you fucking said that." <laughs> exactly. About me. I also I saw Fugazi. Hey, he's not as exhausting as Henry Rollins. Well, we can all that's agree. A, on that's that. a whole other. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't want to go there because I also feel exactly, like that. Yes, exactly. exactly. He, he's a big fan of the podcast. Right. So. <laughs> but I remember seeing Fugazi at NYU, um, uh, probably like 1997 or something, and mm-hmm. Ian was walking around with a c- ceramic, like a coffee cup that had the handle was broken. Uh. So it was clearly like this was his cup. Right. He brings it everywhere. He wasn't bringing out like a plastic thing. And even then, when I was like 18, I was like, "Come on, man! Like, <laughs> come on! This is wait. You were an old man when you were a young I man. I was well, yeah. surprised. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was not wearing my little hat though at that show. That came later. So exactly. So so this I can't is, wait for your little hat face. I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, so speaking I have to become a vlog at that point. I, the little uh, anyway. Podcast over. I think we ran it. We were, we're going to need a hard the, reset on this one. So so talk to us about the idea that you were playing in Antlers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You were. You were touring with them? Were you like recording them? I, what was your actual role in the band? I was a hired gun with that band for. Um, for the better part of two and a half years. Okay. Um, I've kind of always been a hired gun. Mm-hmm. I, I, I toured before that with this, uh, this singer songwriter, Holly Miranda, mm. who was in a, a Brooklyn band called the Jealous Girlfriends. And, right. Um, they had their moment. I think they closed down like North Six or whatever, but, right. Yeah. Um, uh, so I've, I've just yeah. been a hired gun for some reason. Right. Uh, people trust me to play their guitar parts, but not write my own. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Well, uh, it's a weird thing, but like, so I did all these touring with the Antlers, and then like, uh, we spent like, I, I kind of came to a moment. I, I was the only guy in the band, um, with a girlfriend. I st- still dating the same girl who um, lived next door to Ian Mackay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she, she lives next door to Ian Mackay. Um, like, I gotta go back to the house. Yeah, I gotta exactly. check. Maybe I, he's gonna I, 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 I commute from DC every yeah. day. Um, <laughs> 
but the will there's something going on at the so Wilson was, Center. It, like, oh yeah, God, why do I know this stuff? Right. Yeah, it's amazing. But it, so I, for me, it ended up being like having been the hired gun for f- off and on for five years and touring, um, and having a relationship. Mm-hmm. I, like my just my priority started to change about what I wanted from the band. And so early this year, I had asked about becoming a full time member, mm-hmm. and. Um, it took a while, you know, they, they were a, a three piece to be, to begin with. And the, the whole life of touring they had, that I'd been with them had always been a three piece mm-hmm. and they were a, uh, a three piece for two years before I started. So, um, they'd been a long time. It was just mm-hmm. the three of them. So it was a big thing to ask. Um, and then promptly after they, uh, allowed me to become a member of the band, I got this crazy fucking call from my friend who's now the musical director for this Broadway show that's coming yeah. out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I quit. <laughs> and that's so amazing. We spent like, we spent yeah. like six Thank months. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. Uh, all right. Going to take a rainer on that one. <laughs> Thanks for all your hard work. I know we've been through a lot, but fuck you guys. Yeah. I'm out. Like, it was, it was much hard. Like, it's, it's so crazy. Uh, having been... Uh, leaving in that way like it's a breakup right and it's so awkward right it's one of these things where like we send each other text messages now being like hey (laughs) i I just uh, we haven't talked in a while i was just oh are you are you good (laughs) and then like but then spending like three hours being like well we haven't talked in a while like what do i say right what do i say and then like you write back and like i'm good we should hang out soon i mean like it's like a total like You've just heard from your ex-girlfriend, yeah. like, what do I do? That weird <laughs> rush of heat and Yeah, exactly. Sweat. Except it's your bandmates, right. and you're like, yeah. this is weirder on a different level. Right. Well, because that's the weird part, I mean, of bands. Uh, it's that it's There's no deeper relationship I have than with my wife. But right below that right. is all the dudes and panthers. Yeah. Where I'm just like, you look at them, and you're just like, ugh. Like, right. <laughs> I would not be in a relationship with any of those guys. You, and I would like to think they think right. that about me yeah. as well. But that's the thing about bands is like you are in a committed relationship yes. with yeah. three or four or 20 other, yeah. depending upon your band, like dysfunctional people. more time like, in an yeah. enclosed area. And I think it, that can't be stressed for people that haven't experienced it. What kind of a serious emotional... Because, you know, first and foremost, you'd really... I, at least from my experience, you have to get along with people. I mean, clearly you're going to, but, um, you spend more time with, and, and you don't necessarily have to be best friends. Like you're doing this for the, for a larger purpose. Right. Right. Um, but you really get to know people. Yeah. You know? It's also like you try to find, like these people get you through boredom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like the, infinite boredom that tour can be yes. and like just you want to be banging your head against the wall because it's something to do yeah. right that's not like sitting in another backstage that smells worse than the one before which you didn't <laughs> right. know was possible or whatever like whatever i get is. shivers still sometimes or when, sitting when a- i walk into a bar there's that certain smell that bars have yeah but the smell of a bar who that isn't open yet right but is like got that fresh cleaning from the night before, <laughs> right? But still, the remnants of yeah. that stink. Bartender like, cutting up like, lemons. Yeah, that certain state, like that's the smell of loading in, and that right. gives me weird shivers. Like it's happened yeah. when I have to walk into a bar too early for some, like being somewhere or for whatever reason. I'm just like, ugh. And then immediately turn around and be like, we can't do this. Yeah. yeah. No, I can't do it. <laughs> well, I, we d- I definitely want to talk about the Broadway stuff, but I mean, I'm really curious as someone who 
played in a band with two other people and right. really outside of, you know, initial lineup changes at the beginning, kind of, we, it was just the three of us and we really got to know one another and it was never really the thought to incorporate someone else, right. um, you know, playing wise. What's, I always fought it tooth and nail to, 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 to ev- any thought of including another person. You didn't, you were against. It would come up at various right. points. Yeah. Like, it comes uh, up. Just yeah. of just like, we, maybe we should get like a keyboardist or something. Like, no. Yeah. But as the hired gun, to use your, your phrasing, like, at least up until the point where you asked to be in the band, I mean, is there a noticeable, like, well, this is what I'm doing and it's kind of a gig? Mm-hmm. Or what's like, what's the relationship? Well, it was different because I, I had actually opened for them, uh, on a previous tour when they were touring on hospice mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we became really close friends. And, um, over the course of a year that they finished touring that record, they were going to start, th- they're finishing recording their next record. They wanted to be a four piece for the next tour. And we had become really great friends by that point. And they asked me to, to, to help them out. And I did. Um, so we were always really close friends and mm-hmm. we had, and it was just a job that I had. Um, but it was so, I don't know. It's just, you get to, you get so close to each other. Yeah. Yeah. And, but also so close to each other that you hate each other. Yes. Of course. Yes. And still want to be around each other. Like yeah. it's, it's a, it's a weird thing that like even with my brothers and like that I don't have, I don't have it with any other experience in my life that right. just like being in bands does, but they definitely like, uh, made me a part of the band even yeah. though i was getting paid for it and i was make probably making maybe more than they were on those tours to to play with them right um they always i was doing interviews with them yeah. i would do photo shoots with them like i was in the band for, for all, all intents and purposes yeah. except for the fact that i wasn't writing anything right yeah which after two and a half years of tour becomes the thing as yeah. a, as it, a songwriter yourself you think you could add, you think you could bring something to the table in this it's, case. It's also just like writing my own guitar parts. Right, like, right. Uh, you know, the other guy in the band is an amazing guitar player and potentially a much better guitar player than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's uh, fun and gratifying to play his parts because it's different than what I would do. Right. But at the end of three years, it's yeah. like I. I kind of there's want, a certain I satisfaction. I want to like, do what I do. Right. Yeah. It's not about being. You know, Steve Vai or something, where right. you can just like replicate parts. Yeah, like it's, it's like, emotional. Yeah, we, it's not right. necessarily technical. Yeah, yeah, it's it's about creating. Yeah, the part that speaks to you and right. not necessarily this other. Guy. I mean, would you like uh, technically like put your own flourishes on it or play it? I would. I right. I, they, yeah. they were nice enough to like let me get away with with kind of making things my own, and right. that was when they asked me to be in the band. It was, I don't know if it was uh, a, like the greatest sales pitch ever or. I kind of think it was honesty, but in hindsight, it's hard to say. I was like, we want you or nobody else was staying a three piece. And I was like, I was like, awesome. Like, that's a great, very flattering. I was like, absolutely flattering. And uh, as someone who like can never take a compliment about my, my musicianship. Right. Um, I was like, you just, you just, you say that to all the girls. Right. (laughs) Right. I like couldn't, I I still can't take the compliment. It's been like three and a half years later. I'm like, there's no way that was true. Right. Like, 
It is really hard to take compliments. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, and and we, we, this comes up a lot on the show is this idea of when someone, you, you know, you walk, you, you played, and you think that that sucked, and then someone right. comes up to you and like, that was awesome, man, and you, you just swallow gotta, it and right. you say thanks yeah. and you move on. Well, because for it's them, a lesson they don't you got to learn. And that's like the one time they're gonna see you, yeah. like yeah. for the one time a year that they get to. Dude, see Dude, I love that like, sax accompaniment yeah, on that, that song. That somebody from that show yeah, like that too. made the tour yeah. for them. They're yeah. like, that was that was awesome. They let someone from the audience come up and do that. Right. Meanwhile, my internal monologue is like, can I kick his teeth in? <laughs> right. Am I going to get sued for that? Like, what's the, what's the protocol here? Yeah. Right. So speaking of that, why, why don't you give us another uh, another worst gig tale? Oh, I mean, the Antlers had a worst tour ever, which was like, it was a tour that was five weeks and we like seemed so doomed from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Like our van broke down twice. We got broken into twice. Oof. Uh, emotional breakdowns on stage, uh, people going to the hospital, like we, but we made every show. <laughs> right, right. Um, but like, I feel th- there was a Holly show that I, I feel before that was a CMJ at LPR. It all sounds show. terrible already. For the listener, that's a Le Pauchon Rouge. Yeah. And yeah. I had the stomach <laughs> flu. Oh. Uh, And so I played, I don't really remember this show (laughs) because I spent the, I, we did the sound check and then I suddenly realized that I was going to be violently ill (laughs) immediately. Which end was it going to come out of? I did not know, but it felt, <laughs> it, it felt like it felt like double jeopardy. Yeah. Right, like it felt like an ad that you didn't even. Yeah, imagine. I didn't even about to take a chance. You needed to be in a stall. Yeah, like, I needed to have the bathroom to myself <laughs> to see how the like, world works. Exactly, it was like I was potentially about to explode yeah. right. from everywhere, from every. Orifice. I did not know yeah. what was going to happen, but I knew that something awful was was brewing, um, <laughs> and so. I'll spare the audience the details. I, I get, I get sick mm-hmm. and I get sick at the venue, which is another thing where like venue bathrooms make me want to be a hypochondriac. Like yeah, I want yeah. to, I want to douse myself with like <laughs> alcohol. Yeah. Not, not ideal. Not booze. Yeah. Just like right. rubbing alcohol. Rubbing alcohol. Yes. Yeah. And then a fifth of Jaeger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I want to douse myself with three bottles of Jaeger and take a Jaeger shower. <laughs> Um, that hand gesture did not. Look yeah. <laughs> For the listener, uh, uh, Timmy it was just uh, a little bukkake special. Yeah, it was something uh, you can use your imagination, yeah. and if you don't, we'll know, include a link. Google, yes. Google a Pornhub link. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, uh, so, so stomach flu. Yes, and I then spent uh, after sound check, after getting sick, laying on the, the on a couch backstage with a like industrial sized bottle of Pepto Bismol. And a huge bottle of Gatorade and like going, just going back and forth. Like, Ugh. I don't even really know how much I drank of either. I just remember like in my brief moments of consciousness when my fever wasn't like giving me delirium, uh, going like drinking things. Ugh. Well, let me ask you this because there have been plenty of times where I have like, Oh, we're playing the empty bottle tonight. I think I'm going to have the, uh, uh, fettuccine Alfredo right. before we play. Like <laughs> I, that I, you know, at time and time again, haven't learned a thing. And then time and time again, I fucking blow up the bathroom yep. before I go. But the second I, I, we we're, we're on stage and we're about to play. Like I've never had to like, you know, or have a you know like it all goes away right here and and so i'm wondering if like with intense stomach pains if you still like if it goes away when you were playing it went away for 
maybe the first two songs. <laughs> and then by the third song, I had to start taking a knee, like to <laughs> like adjust my pedals. Like I would normally like you could like you bend act a, like you're praying to you God. Could, like, yeah, like I like I would just take a knee and then thankfully it was just it was just the two of us. So it was right. two guitars, um, and that was it. So right. it, I could I could almost get away with sitting down on stage right. as like douchey as that move is. Right. I was like I just took a knee. <laughs> right. And I like would get I'd stand up for maybe like my guitar line and then I'd also I'd like go and like maybe like lean on the amplifier for a second and And are there people at the show? Like yeah, there's there an are audience people at the show. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't know if any of them noticed. Right. I feel like it's definitely one of yeah. those things where I was so in my head about it yeah. that at the end of the show, people were like, you, you sounded great, man. It was really it great. Was so it was cool so cool how when you soloed, <laughs> yeah. you were like coming up and like, like God rising right. above. And I was like, yeah, it was so funny. cool when I soloed that I was like, I'm about to shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> Just let it flow, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, I certainly, brutal. yeah, because I do feel like my body goes into slight shutdown mode. Yeah. Like it just knows that like this is the 25, 30 minutes. It's a or physiological right. response. Farting, maybe not as much. <laughs> no. certainly, I can certainly remember many times where I've like doused the audience <laughs> and they don't know what's going on. That's, uh, that's they just assume it's like the dude over to the right. Yeah, they don't know exactly. it was the band. Yeah. Ugh, weird but there smoke is, machine. Yeah. There, there is something about, you know, oh, this free food at the venue. Like, I'm going to eat some fucking... I'm, I'm the, part of it's on... See, this is, yeah. this is... This all goes back to what you said earlier about it sort of still being a job. Right. Because even though you were a full-fledged member, you were getting paid as a touring it musician. A, it was always a job. For, right. for me, I, I was... Uh, it was never a job, and it was always like, oh, well, we're in Montana. We're on vacation. This is kind of like vaca- vacation. <laughs> right. I'm going to have a... Uh, I've really play. heard about that fettuccine <laughs> Alfredo in Montana. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, and then it's like, and then afterwards, Dan, the drummer, and I would, would look at each other and be like, haven't learned a fucking <laughs> well, that thing. Was, it was a like, thing when we, like, we had a no burrito policy in right. the van, where it's yeah. like, if if the, the catering at the venue was like, we've got burritos, we're like, we're not eating today. <laughs> right. Like There was a no burrito policy for like six hours before a show just because you didn't know what was going to happen with yeah. a burrito right but you knew you're probably going to want to take a nap sure yeah. you didn't want it to happen sure. like when you're supposed to be really yeah. amped up on right. stage yeah i mean deep dish pizza in chicago that's a different yeah, no, story no, no, you gotta is, have that yeah. right before this you is start. another thing that maybe people that haven't really toured don't know about but this idea that a lot of times you do get fed by the venue and it just coincides it's just at a bad time you know, yeah. it's like it never really it, you're either eating too late or too early. Right. Yeah. It's either this is going to do nothing when I take three shots of whiskey to go <laughs> on stage or I am going to fall asleep when <laughs> one, the second we yeah. get on stage. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we would just like not eat most of the time or I would I would not eat just for the knowing what what happens having too much food too close to a yeah. show yeah. and just being like, I feel awful. Yeah. Um, as opposed I, d- to, I definitely prefer the not eating before. See, as opposed to me, who are like, I'd eat and then I'd say, I feel awful. Right. Why did I do that? <laughs> and then the next night I'd eat. Oh, we're playing the, uh, what was the place in, um, Detroit? Uh, uh Magic Stick that uh, had the, uh, that restaurant right next. Mm. Can't pass up that restaurant. That, meal, up that like. restaurant. Um, that was actually my, the Magic Stick was the first show that I played with the Antlers on like the tour that I opened up for them. Was okay. At that show. Was really? The Magic Stick. Um, weird tour memories. Um, yeah, but I always, I would always prefer to be too drunk than too full. 
That right. was like my my thing because I knew if I was a little drunk, I could still play mm-hmm. right um, the parts because I just having 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 it been my job, I just had like I would I freak out about it. So I I like sit listening to the records, watching TV or the TV yeah. on mute, and just play for two weeks straight until right. like it's just so second nature yeah. that. Um, it's like a crash course in being in the band of like, sure, getting those, those shows under my belt to feel comfortable with it. So I then just, I'm ready. And you're to also doing the work, right? You know, you're yeah. being hired to do something. And right. Then, yeah. It's interesting. Cause it's something that, that like, well, I know that, uh, I mean, at least in the studio Panthers, you used like, you had people come in and do keyboards or different. Guests, yeah. yeah. Uh, which we did too occasionally, but. Oh, and the Panthers too, we had, you know. Had, oh yeah, you guys had some had hired guns. In hired the band. gun, drummer, and guitarist yeah. at the end. Yeah, uh, who certainly came back with more money than we did. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, that tour was an economic failure. The yeah. one tour with High on Fire, best tour I've ever been on. Right. The only tour my wife ever had to cover rent, and you, the hired guns did quite well. Right, yeah. but that was good. They deserved it. I mean, that was the agreement we had set up. Sure. It's just, but, uh, I mean, it's like I, I would do, I would definitely end up doing a little more, maybe than. Yeah. Uh, if I was in the band, would have done. Right. Like, I, I definitely set up, help people set things up. Right. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was also my duty to tech a little bit, and yeah. I offered to, like, I would, I, I was always, it's also just who I am, like, I, I like being the first one for, like, there right. for load out and load in, like, I just love, I fucking love. Yeah. There's, like, there are a few things that are, like, loading into a show. Yeah. I mean, like, when it's, when you're psyched on it. Right. But I, I think there's always a part of me that's like, when it, that it's my job. And right. Like, having worked so many other, like, weird things, it's like, oh my God, I'm on tour. Yeah. And then like, I walk into the venue, I'm like, but I didn't want to be here. Right. <laughs> like, I appreciate it. Cause I, re- I just remember distinctly after one show getting into a fight with one of our hired guns. And because he was like kind of drunkenly yelling, like, why do we got to get there so early? Right. We always get there and just wait for hours. And like, I was like, one second away from yelling like look man you're getting paid right just do what i say (laughs) because it was a bit i was like i don't know what to tell you like we're on a tour with another band they want us there that's what happens yeah like we can't just like we're not punk touring here like we can't just change the rules funny because we were considered the most punctual band in punk rock even though we weren't really punk rock i love we were being on time with i know i love my but our drummer was like i purposely (laughs) (laughs) wanted to get there like we don't need to get there at three o'clock right but what else? Come on. You know, we get there, we do our shit, and then we go eat something disgusting. I mean, also, as a person who wakes yeah. up early, yeah, like, I was, I, that was one of my least like parts of tour is, you know, that's another dealing with everyone's right. shit. Like, where just like, I always was a person who woke up early. So that would mean sitting in some person's weird house, like yeah. reading. Well, I wait for everyone. Because else we would always slowly. crash with people. As a yeah, person. yeah. Right. Well, so, so. Speak about this this terrible tour because it sounds like a lot of this stuff leads up to that. Well, this was a, this is something that we all experienced, and now when people uh, ask, when anyone asks me about going on tour, I think of this tour, <laughs> and like I think part of part of us all died on this right. tour, and like we just never got it back. Even like after year, it's been like two years at this point, and we. Okay, I still feel a little. So this is inside. after though the Antlers are a known entity. This know, was our get... this was our headlining European tour for Burst Apart. Okay, we did it was five weeks in in Europe, all over, starting in um, in Portugal, mm-hmm. and it starts off with 
uh, flying to London transfer transfer flight. And we ask a gate agent what terminal we're supposed to be in. She tells two of us the wrong terminal, <laughs> so we miss our flight to <laughs> to Portugal. Waterfall um, start. Great start. <laughs> and because of that, we like get the next flight like th- a few hours later. Um, and because of that, none of our gear shows up. Ugh. Which was, and we, we, we like have like 12 check things, keyboards, guitars, pedal boards, all right. of like the, the standard, uh, international. How many affair. people are outside of the band or, t- or touring with you? Is there like a There's roadie one tour? TM. Okay. And then over, when we're when we were over in Europe and the UK, we had a driver, okay, yeah. and he was our TM, and then we had a front of house. Okay, so there were whatever uh, six of us. For the listener, front of house would be their own your own personal sound guy. Yes, exactly. And TM is tour manager. Tour manager. Yes. yes. Um, and so it starts with that. Uh, after a very stressed, like we gave ourselves one day uh, ahead ahead of time mm-hmm. to like get there and get our gear. Um. On the other side, our tour manager's van broke down at the start of the tour. So he has to rent a van. <laughs> and then we're going to go back and he's getting his engine replaced when we get to the UK. Um, all of our gear shows up 30 minutes before doors open on our first show of this tour. Oh, it like ma- it magically shows up. We had like pieced together right. things from like dudes who worked at the venue. And it was like... <laughs> Here's European pig nose. Right. It's like, <laughs> we've got three PV 10, like yeah. one by 10 amps. Is, Can is you make it, it work? The opening like, band, who's a Radiohead cover band, right. is going to lend you their exactly. line six. Yeah, yeah. No, we've got a bass amp. It's a crate uh, 110. Yeah. Uh, it's not loud at all. No. So you'll be cool. Have fun yeah. with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so we get all over here. And then, like, the tour starts going pretty well. Um, we ended up doing, we were booked to do like 34 shows with radio, with promo stuff uh-huh. in 31 days. Uh-huh. And we had, t- we were, had two days off in five weeks. Right. So yeah. we like knew going into this that this was going to be a, a pretty long haul. Yeah. Right. But drives were supposed to be like six or hours or so, whatever. Hey, it's the continent. Yeah. It's short. Yeah. yeah it's short. Yeah. It's like one of those things where you're like, you can make it across Texas in a day, can't yeah. you? And you're like, right. have you never? Okay, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was uh, for the listeners. You can't, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, you can't. Um, but you're gonna make it across Italy, and yeah, exactly. Hey, hey. Imagine <laughs> you can make it from Germany to Italy in four hours. Yeah. I promise you. <laughs> um, but so we get to Paris. We play our show. Uh, our van gets broken into that night, and then so that sucks uh-huh. none of our, stuff how much what, stuff none of our real none of our gear really gets stolen it's okay. like some suitcases and our drummers in-ear monitors right which mm-hmm. were maybe it's like you know yeah come on that, guy, bummer, didn't, that but... guy obviously didn't know that no one else in the world can wear those aside <laughs> yeah, from this one right. person um and we ended up so then the next morning we're driving out of paris just like get us out of this town right because we got robbed and that sucks um and the van breaks down on the highway. The like, rental van. This is now. This is now back. Sorry. Okay. This is we when we got over to from Spain and Portugal. We picked up the van that was fixed. That was yeah. fixed. Right. And then, like a week later, it breaks down. Of course, because that's what they do. Because yes. vans don't ever get. And fixed then we go completely. and spend. We go and spend like t- seemingly like six or seven hours at the Volkswagen place while the van's getting fixed. Right. It. Uh, it gets fixed. Right. 
But you're in Europe, eh? Yeah, we're in Europe. But we're sleeping on the floor of like the kids' play center at a Volkswagen (laughs) in like Paris. Right. And they take doll of asterisk. And we're like, so we're on like the time crunch, and they are, um, they take a lunch break because that's what they do in Europe. And I was like, but we're like, we gotta, we gotta show, and like we gotta be there in like two hours. Where did you have to be? I can't remember at this point, but. Washington, um, D.C. Yeah, we had to be in Washington, <laughs> Playing D.C. the Discord house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We were, go- we were going to play Ian's porch. <laughs> yeah. Um, you had some place to go. We had some place to, to, some place yeah. to go. Yeah. And then I don't remember all the details because it just, it, like, it became such a clusterfuck that yeah. I just remember the events. Yeah. And how much, like, everyone was like, do you really want to do this for your, like, for a living? <laughs> right. Is this what you really want to do? Right. So like we all, it all started taking a toll on us. Um, we ended up the van. Then a week later, breaks down, and it's not gonna get fixed mm-hmm. again, a- again. Okay. And so we get a we get a rental van that is like a what would be like a, a Ford fifteen passenger van, yeah. except it has no storage space in the back. Oh, <laughs> so we like grab essential gear and this. We try to tell like our opening band that like we need to use the rest of their stuff for the trip. Right. Um, who who was opening for you guys? It was this band called Dry the River. Okay. They're um, a much cooler, like, uh, they get lumped in with Mumford & Sons a lot. Mm-hmm. It's like folk, uh, rock, okay. UK stuff. But it's I like it a lot better yeah. than, than... Than the Mumps. Than the, the Mumps. mumps. Okay. <laughs> um, or the Sons. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and so the van breaks down again. We crossload into like this Eurostar rental splitter. van. Splitter. Like yeah. not even splitter. Like it's like bench seats where like there's not enough leg room. Right. And it's just another like swift kick to the balls. Yeah. That we're just like, okay, <laughs> this is awful. Yeah. I think that's the one we got on that European tour. Yeah. Weird seats. Right. It's impossible like impossible to take out. And like just no possible way to come like abs- yeah. get comfortable in any way. Had the band been to Europe before this? Yes. Okay. We'd been a couple times. And this was just like our our headlining right. tour. We'd been that summer for festival stuff and this was our You'd been big... there before you flourished and you yeah, came back we, to conquer. We came back to conquer <laughs> and we I mean the thing is is we, uh, we ended up making every show yeah. right but this this one now that we've we broke down again we cross-loaded in in a gas station parking lot and ate we call it, we used to, we now call it the hot dog tour because we like we ended up spending just so much time in gas stations right. and like just eating hot dogs because it was like the only thing that i could bring myself yeah. to eat right. that like it was equally shameful and like made me feel the way I'd like felt inside. Yeah. Like it, the hot dog knew it was the most right. appropriate yeah, exactly. thing to consume at the time. I felt like a tube of weird meat and it was a tube of weird meat. So <laughs> well, I was wait, like, couldn't get you get like donor or something for the listener? Donor kebab kebabs. all over Europe. We, we, I, there might've been some kebabs worked in there, but oh. the gas stations that we were uh, attending, not uh, top of the line. That's, I can't. It just did not seem like they had. They you don't had want the, to trust they the had curry the No, that's even more depressing. Yeah, it, they had like they had a. It was like a, a new invention where it was like a a loaf of French bread that had the middle drilled out of it, yeah. and inside of it was stuffed like a hot dog that you could then like <laughs> spray whatever like yeah. condiment you wanted inside of it, and it oh, was yeah. like a hot dog sandwich. Yeah, that still to this day I can like I might be able to smell like right. scent scent memory. Yeah. Um, 
And so we try to get to this show, which I, I at the time was in. I th- ah, shit, I can't remember where it was. Um, it was in a Scandinavian country, so we were driving. It was like a, it was supposed mm-hmm. to be a ten-hour drive, so we had a long haul that day. Van breaks down, crossload into the into the other thing, and then when we get there, the bridge to the town <laughs> is closed <laughs> because of high winds. Oh, wow. and so now we're like sitting on like we're thirty minutes from the show. We've like done all of these like crazy things to make it there, right? And now the bridge is closed. <laughs> it ends up being open like an hour and a half later. We make it to the show like three hours late. Everyone, right. mm-hmm. a lot of people stayed. It was it was awesome, but we ended up dealing with this this tour, like every all of these like outer things with like obstacles, lot, yeah. obstacles with a lot of like pretty solid day drinking, yeah. lots yeah. of day drinking because we weren't driving, yeah. so we were drinking in the van. Drink and, that pain away something. Yeah, exactly, and eating hot dogs. To cover, <laughs> hot dogs definitely cover the pain. Mystery meat. Right. If anyone needs to hide the pain. Let me ask I, you this. Oh, I was going to say, well, as as a, it might have been weird, but as a hired gun at this point, uh, are you, were you still hired gun at this point? Oh, yeah. Did that alleviate some of the stress? Only in that, like, you know, like, I've had many of those tours where, like, I feel like I'm spending the eight to ten hours in the van watching the dollar signs roll of, like, oh, that takes away what we would have made for here yeah. for fixing the van. It did. And it's a personal affront. It too. starts it's to like, become such is... a stress. On, like, mm-hmm. I, I would stress about so much. I think because we had another member of the band who would, uh, estimate how much we were going to make and the numbers were always wildly off (laughs) and accounted for nothing going wrong well we 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 were taught we would talk about at the time Mm -hmm. like like as i said before like i was always treated like i was in the band even if i was a was a hired gun so that kind of always like was my mentality like even though i was getting paid to play right I was not being treated as if I was. Right. I was like always included in a lot of the band discussions and and, and all of the larger. You weren't completely things. in the back of the van with your sunglasses on, right. going deal but, with it, right? Like the bass player in that thing you do. Yeah, uh, you know, like the, I was shades. <laughs> yeah, shades. Exactly. That's right. There, the drummer. No, shades was shades is the drummer, right? Shades was a drummer so, with it. But it, remember, they brought in a higher gun bass player. Oh, right. Who, like, like, could really. Who was fuck. like, Wolfman. Yeah. Wolfman. 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 Yeah. I was Wolfman. <laughs> um, so we'll call you Wolfman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but it, it was just one of those things, like, as tour went on, we started drinking more. Um, we all started, like, having some pretty serious, like, emotional instability. Mm-hmm. And we just stopped talking. Oh. Like, it was, like, because we were playing shows every night. That it was, there was no moment to be like, I'm gonna go lay in a hotel bed and right. watch TV, even if it's The Simpsons in a weird language, yeah. right? And just like be okay with myself, yeah, right. Like we're just constantly surrounded by each other, and uh, we knew it was bad when, like, backstage we were just all on our laptops, not talking to one another, yeah. Um, it had forced because, you into a loveless marriage. Yes, well, with and, your bandmates. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, a per- marriage is a perfect analogy because be, even though you were, you, you know, even though you were not a founding member of the band, you could not divorce yourself right. from the situation because you were physically in that. Like, you, okay. where are you going to go? What I mean, what am I going to do? Like, yeah. I'm there for the next yeah. two weeks, re- like with or right. like regardless of yeah. if you know. There were just moments like some somebody got sick and then. We were all like on the verge of an emotional breakdown. Like someone 
you know, it came to a head and someone had one on like a little bit of one on stage. And like, it just was, um, that's that factor you don't consider completely. And people don't think about like, you know, that, that, that week three of week five where you're you're like, wait, I'm rocking a little bit more than I'd like to. I'm just (laughs) sitting in the van. Right. Cause I'm about to have a panic attack Right, because you're realizing like, I still got two more weeks. I had a, I had a panic attack in the van, which was like one of the worst experiences I've ever had. Um, and it was like in a sp- sprinter and like just going like mm-hmm. super fast down a road that I didn't know where we were going. Right. And I was all the way in the back. And right. so we were all, we were all very fragile at this point. I hold yeah. it somewhat accountable for, I still feel uncomfortable completely when I'm not driving. And, right. And kind of any car as my wife can yeah. attest, uh, to my freaking out. But like, because of that, like I couldn't at a certain point in vans, like I would, because I couldn't, how fast we were driving. Right. If someone else yeah. was driving, and I couldn't nap, because all I would think about is us flipping. Yeah. Like, I'm the, I'm the same. Like I I I air brake. Yeah. Like r- like no yeah, no matter yeah, sure. where right. I am in the van, yeah. if like my, like you're teaching driving lessons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my my break time is seemingly yeah. uh, longer than every <laughs> right. other person I've ever been in a car yeah. with for some reason. Um, when we toured, uh, Europe, we actually drove ourselves because we were just kind of like, everyone's like, oh, you got to hire a drummer or drummer. Wow. You got to hire a driver. <laughs> excuse wow, me. Freudians. Hire a, get shades there on the, uh, um, and honestly, driving around Europe, for the most part, Rome was a real pain in the ass, was amazing. Like driving down the Autobahn, listening to Autobahn by Kraftwerk was, uh, um, but, but you were driving on the right side. Well, it was where we rented a van in Germany. So it was, yeah, we're yeah. driving on the right side of the road, but part of the tour brought us to the UK. We went on a right. ferry to do, so we were driving oh, in a German car, little... uh, yeah. yeah, um, in the UK, in Ireland and in England on the wrong side of the road. It was, it was fucked up. I just went to the UK with my wife for a vacation and I've never been more stressed in if, the drive. Like, this is, this just is a why car, I, let alone a van is like, Ooh. one of the first antlers trips that we went over there, our, our, uh, our front of house guy who's from Boston, like drove one day, like he went to go pick up the van. And then I don't know if whether it was his choice or what, whatnot, but like we had a tour manager over mm-hmm. there who's from Glasgow and we were just like, you drive all the time. Yes. You have done this, yeah. For the yeah. love of God, yeah. I am like hurting myself crossing the street right, right now. <laughs> well, like, because don't you're, give me a car. You're essentially, as my therapist, so you're throwing out your entire life, right? Like because you have you've built up all of these gut reactions, how you drive, and everything just gets thrown out the window. Yeah. And it's all flipped completely backwards, and your brain just explodes. Right. Uh, yeah, the guy from Glasgow's got to be there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's got to be there. Let me ask you this though: in terms of that headlining tour, how were the shows? Show that that's the thing that like got us the reason that we finished right. the tour yeah. and didn't can't like there was a moment where we were about to cancel the rest of the tour. It was about like three and a half weeks in. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, w- one of our guys was was pretty seriously sick, and um, we just weren't putting on the show that we we wanted. We could do i mean it's hard like the antlers music is very it's very heavy like and people like respond to it in in kind and we don't take it we didn't take it very lightly that Mm -hmm. like there are other gigs where you can um you know phone it in you can phone it in more but these are songs that like are about someone's life and like it was kind of that tragic like a little bit and 
you had to get to that headspace to be able to play those songs mm-hmm. sometimes. They're not yeah. that thing you do covers. No. You know? Yeah. Yeah. They're like songs about abortion and like <laughs> right. people dying. Hey, like, hospice. Like, yeah, yeah, hospice. Kids are going to dig this. <laughs> which they did, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. We, always, like, we always used to say, like, we would, we'd have these jokes and be like, da 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 da, the antlers. Like, <laughs> it's just like, like, it's like kings of bummer. Like, right. just, couldn't write a happy song if they tried. But, but, but like, you had gotten to a place, and I don't know if this still continues, where like, you didn't necessarily have to worry about are people going to be at the show. No, the, most of the shows were like sold out and everyone mm-hmm. was there. And we like, thankfully, uh, by some dumb luck, actually made every show and didn't have to cancel one. Yeah, we were late right. to, to several of them. And that's the thing that like really got us through it and ended up getting us like, it's the reason that we never acted out at one another. And like, we ended up while like having to isolate ourselves to get through it, like ended up being way closer because of this shared experience that we had. That was like, yeah, you remember that? Oh yeah. That totally sucks. <laughs> like that's, right. I mean, that's, that's your foxhole. Yeah. You were in the foxhole yeah. together. It's one war. of those things where yeah. like we, we, we went to tour war. Yeah. And <laughs> tour war. I don't think I've, that's a great term. A great I don't term. think I've ever heard that before. Well, I, cause it came up because, uh, being a hired gun and like knowing a bunch of other hired, hired gun. Look hired at this, gun. All well, this. We call war. we call each other mercs. Like, yeah, mercs. you are a mercenary. <laughs> so like, Bolt thrower wrote a yeah, song yeah. about you. <laughs> oh, I love this. We're, we're going to have yeah. to look into this tour war thing. Tour war is great. So, so let's talk about um, you join the Antlers, you yes. become a full-fledged member, and then you get this opportunity. And then my – so uh, my friend Justin, who was in this band, uh, These United States, mm-hmm. um, okay. is now – he was he, – he left that band, and then he started uh, playing guitar in Spider-Man, Turn Off the Dark mm-hmm. on Broadway. And um, we gave him a good – amount of shit for that just because it's kind of <laughs> did spider-man kinda... ever fall on him during one he of those at, he, was rehearsals? At, he was at the show where the the guy had to get his foot amputated really um, he was at that show oh he played that show i still um, kind of want to see i that. think <laughs> <laughs> i would totally see it i mean it's fucking broadway yeah like shows on that yeah. level are like amazing like if you've it's ever beyond like yeah. if you've ever yeah. like thought about a rock show and then tried to like make it a little theatrical <laughs> right. like this is to the nth degree yeah, and you're right. like that's actually pretty cool right um and so he, he asked, he's, was, got offered to be the musical director for this thing and for Hedwig and the Angry mm-hmm. Inch, which is coming out next, next spring. And he asked me to be the guitar player in this thing. And having been, um, the Antlers were at a point where we were about to start making the new record. Right. We hadn't really started tracking anything. And I would like, had written some parts, but hadn't, um, hadn't, committed anything to the the books sure um and he offered me this thing at like a really crazy time and i had like 72 hours to decide wow if i was gonna take it or not now what kind of commitment is this in terms of how much like how long what's the commitment the commitment is basically uh the show is gonna run for 20 weeks once Mm -hmm. it opens um, but there's uh, a little bit of preview time and then rehearsals. So it ends up being about eight months of commitment. And then once the show starts, it's seven shows a week for um, two shows on Sunday. Yeah, right? two shows on Saturday. Oh, two yeah. shows on Saturday. We're doing the Saturday matinee. <laughs> um, and but it's it's I'm really psyched on it because it's it's not it's tour is no longer right. Yeah. Tour is one venue. There's no load in. There's no load yeah. out. My gear stays in the exact same spot. It's all the same gear. Right. Um, Your gear, rented gear. 
it they bring it, it in. They, it's gonna. I we don't really fully know what the yeah. rigs are gonna be yet, but it's probably gonna be like uh, I think like fractal like Axe Effects rigs. It's like a okay. mostly a MIDI controlled mm-hmm. rigs. Because it's like you want the thing to sound yes. the exact same every single day. Right. It's not about... I'll be playing live on stage. Right. Um, you don't want a vintage orange tube amp that's yeah. going to maybe futz out and <laughs> yeah. start to right. sound weird because of the electricity. Or like, oh like, uh, yeah, I made this boutique pedal. Right. And um, <laughs> it just really encompasses my guitar sound. <laughs> and oh, but it only works on, on European wattage. So <laughs> right. it's so really, we get, can we get a power converter for Like, it's just one of those yeah, things where right. like, you have to, you, got, you have to eliminate all of the things yeah. that might go wrong. Yeah. Because some of those things will like, Inevitably, you got seven inevitably shows. something yeah. will will go wrong. Yeah. Like whether like you've got a uh, one of the the MIDI rigs goes down, like you have a backup, like right. you have all of these things like fail safes built right. in place because I mean, pe- like people are going from spending fifteen dollars to see me at a show right. to spending like one hundred and fifty dollars yeah. right. to see the show. Right. And granted, now they're not not that they were ever there to see me to begin with. <laughs> Because they're always like, hey. so it's not it's not Hedwig and the Angry Inch featuring Timmy Mislock. No, it's I'm not, not gonna. <laughs> I am never gonna be anywhere. In, I'll be in the playbill like as Timmy Mislock's Hedwig. Right. And right. So, are you? Do you have like a musical theater back? Or is there? Do you have any interest no. in Broadway? Or <laughs> no. Like? <laughs> this is a thing where they, the producer and and the guys had all talked that. Um, when Hedwig was originally off Broadway, it was the, the guy who wrote it, Stephen Trask. It was his band as mm-hmm. the backing band right. of Hedwig. Um, and they want that spirit to be the same. They didn't want, or they don't want Broadway musicians or Broadway Got actors yeah. playing a musician. Right. They want real musicians being this band, um, which is crazy. Yeah, in it, it kind of uh, bucks the trend of what what Broadway tries to do a little bit. We'll see how well it, it, it's executed. We've had yeah. a, we've had one practice so far, and oh, so this is brand new. Yeah, pretty much. Like, okay. Yeah, I mean, we're starting. Uh, we'll start in earnest uh, in like November, December, having some more band practices, and then we'll get into the theater like beginning of the and year. And how big is the band? Right. Um, as of right now, I think it's it's. Uh, drums, bass, guitar, guitar and keys, and then two vocalists. So it's the five and or six and and there's also, from what I know of Hedwig, like there's costumes involved. Oh right? yeah, uh, like oh no, you're not I gonna be like, like dressed in black, like just pretending. Like no, you've got a. Well, the first image um, is uh, so Neil Patrick Harris is Hedwig in this mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. and um, the first ad image came out last week, and he's like covered in glitter, and I was like. <laughs> This is my life now. Like, <laughs> I am going to be covered in glitter. Um, it's incredible. Like uh, you know, actors for for shows. Is there an understudy for the guitar? In Potentially, case yeah, yeah. There, I think I might have one. Yeah. Right. Because I would assume they would want, like, just like they have just, the MIDI backup, right, like, right. Just in case, like, yeah. you know, like. God it's forbid. Hard. They got to have Wolfman in the kinda, waiting in the wigs, <laughs> right, right? Yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> um I I don't really know how it's all going to shake yeah. down, but um I hope I hope that they like me more than the understudy. Right. <laughs> Did you know any of the other members? Um beforehand? I, well, they're all all the rest of them are all friends of like uh we're all one degree of separation okay. from Justin basically. Um 
But yeah, I've only played the well, the bass players moving up from Lexington, Kentucky wow. to do the gig. So yeah. it's uh it's one of those things where it kind of everyone that was asked were musicians that that were looking for were potentially looking for something different or were right. like open to exploring a different way of of making music your career. It's kind of like and, an amazing trajectory from quote unquote hired gun for like indie rock stuff. Yeah, this is like I you know I I guess in a, in a way it's different from being like a studio hired. Right. Gun. it's kind of it's kind of cooler. It, it's like it's it's cool. It's a unique opportunity. I mean, my, uh, you know, there was in the the breakup period of the band there were some like give my regards to Broadway <laughs> remarks. Right, um, some things that like. Still <laughs> are like fucking genius lines, yeah, right. but also like that one hurt a little bit. Yeah. Right. Um Were yeah. you familiar with the play before? I was. I was a big fan of the, okay. the movie. And then there's a YouTube like video of the off Broadway version before the movie and right. which is kinda I I don't know. I so I've just basically like been immersing myself in in what Glitter. Uh, and glitter. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's very, I mean, this is very, this is exciting stuff. Yeah. I think is it, it is. I mean, it seems like it could be very fun. Like, it could. It, I, the it, only, the, I, I have no, uh, I, I know no one who has done that. The only thing I can tell at Fred Armisen, you know, he did Blue Man Group. That's like, right. Yeah. And, you know, he, the way he talks about it, he's like, it was best gig. Right. Like, yeah. you know, I knew where I was playing and yeah, I got yeah. to play I music. Mean, I talk, like, my friend, uh, one of my friends, Khaki, was in, mm-hmm. was, did Blue Man Group as well. And, right. Like, she played Chapman Stick and, like, right. All this crazy Chapman shit. Stick. I reference. love Chapman Stick, man. It's the nerdiest <laughs> yeah. thing. But I almost I bought one right. briefly. Then I realized within two seconds, I don't know what I'm doing with <laughs> right. this thing. And do we are, yeah. do we give a for the listener about the Chapman Stick? Oh I well, think we've the talked Chapman about it Stick. Let's get in the Chapman Stick very briefly. The Chapman Stick is a weird, weird instrument created by someone Chapman. It's essentially supposed to combine uh, bass. Drums, guitar, and piano mm-hmm. in one instrument. But so it looks it's like basically a- one long guitar neck with like eight to twelve strings, and you have to do like four finger tapping. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, ridiculous. Uh, Tony Levin yeah. from Peter Gabriel's band is mm. a very big yeah. Chapman stick guy. Um, uh, you it's know, stupid. It's stupid. <laughs> it's one of those things where like I want to know how to play it, but then I would like get it and I'd be like, this was stupid. Right. There's this like, guy Colin from Brooklyn who's in. Uh, Gorguts and Behold the Arctopus uh, yeah, yeah, and a yeah. bunch of metal bands, but and he plays a war guitar, which is basically a Chapman stick, but with an actual body. Uh, and watching him play is the same deal, where it's just like it's got like fourteen strings and four finger tapping. It's and, it's one yeah. of those things where like being a guitar player, I'm like I don't get it, but I want it. Right, and then right. it's like. Do it's, I want? Do I really right. want to get it though? It's like, also one of those things that potentially has never been talked about longer on any podcast ever, yeah. except for right now. Um, Nerd alert! Exactly. Uh, we'll tag Chapman Stick when yeah. some oh, people please. are searching. If we so, get free Chapman Sticks out of this, I'd be fucking Ooh, dream. That could be a sponsorship. Yeah. Uh, um, so, so Timmy, to bring this all full circle, I mean, a lot of interesting stuff going on here. Um, a question that we ask all of our guests: What are you? Think of the word gig. I hate it. <laughs> I use it for lack of, uh, there's just no, I, I would prefer show, but show sounds so pretentious. Right. Come see my show. Like, <laughs> it's, it's like gig downplays it a little bit. Like, but it's the same thing about like jam and, uh, <laughs> It's a little too groovy for it's you. It's a little too groovy. Yeah. See, it's interesting because I, 
I would argue that show is actually less pretentious, yeah. especially with your DC roots. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, Fugazi's playing show a show. Is Regulator the... Watts is playing yes, a show. Exactly. Right. Um, you know, but I can see it being There's in a... Co- in an in an arty context, come to my show could be pretentious. In, in conversation, right. I feel like uh, show can come off a little like mm-hmm. I take myself very seriously. Yeah. Right. And while uh, in the possessive my while, show is while, definitely, I guess it's different for me because like uh, I also ref- I think of gig as like my. Um, the job that I have, yeah. like this is my gig, and the mercenary. Like, yeah, I'm a the merc- mercenary's like, got some gigs. I got some gigs, and like I don't, uh, I feel like I would feel way different about it if it was my like when I have a solo, I have a solo show, yeah. right? And then when I'm playing with somebody else, I've got a gig. Yeah, like it's a different. I'd like use them different. Yeah, that they don't sense. represent the same thing. But I feel like when I talk about like shows that I'm playing with other bands and right. I'm not in that band, I would call it a gig. But the, right. qu- the, the real question is, what are you going to call what you're doing next yeah. on Broadway? Like, I know what my old band is going to call it. <laughs> selling the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, Timmy, like I said a few moments ago, a real some great stories, story. a unique take on a lot of things. We wish you best of luck with all the stuff going on. Thank you, gentlemen. We found out how you get to Carnegie Hall or Broadway in the larger scope? You got to be this guy, I think. And then, <laughs> so, so listen, it's it's not it's a far cry. You know, it's not very far to, to Broadway from our, from the studio here. We just want you to get there and home safe. Thank you, gentlemen. Worst gig ever. 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 ever.